Friend of the show, following in the footsteps of Archie Roach, Haley Mary, what's so not? Lots of interesting people have, have answered this question for us. Tell us about the music that hit different for you, different times of your lives. Take us into the room, into the car, into the club, wherever you were. Tell us the stories about music that hit different for you and made you think, oh my God, music is the most amazing thing of all time. Okay. Well, my first musical experience as far as like getting a record, because remember I come from a time where there were still records mm-hmm. and then they weren't a thing and now they're <laughs> a thing again, was my parents gave me Peter and the Wolf. Yeah. And I remember just sitting apparently, but I also have a memory of this, every night after dinner I would sit in this chair in the lounge room and listen to it. For anyone who knows Peter and the Wolf, it's orchestrated but it's narrated as well. So I had the Leonard Bernstein narration. There's also a narration by David Bowie, which I listened to a few years ago. Uh, Someone gave it to me as a gift and I had like massive recall and just started crying. (laughs) It just all like just was embedded, These the sounds, the narrative. I was like, ah. So that's the power of music, hey. But. What happened with this recording was I became low-key obsessed (laughs) and then an auntie took me to a live performance of it in Adelaide because I grew up in Tandania on on Ghana country. We have so much in common. Uh, And it was like in an... Yeah, I'm probably... Really? You do. Mm -hmm. Really? Did you live there? What? Okay, classic Adelaide question. What school did you go to? <laughs> um, I went to a small school, St. Joseph's in Ottawa. So I was a Western Suburbs gal. And yeah, then I did high sweet, school up sweet. in Darwin. But, yeah, up until 10, I was Adelaide oh. all the way. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, exactly. But continue, continue. You saw a live performance. Adelaide live. <laughs> Anyway, so I go along to this performance at the festival mm-hmm. theatre sort of mm-hmm. area and uh, there was like an amphitheatre and uh, it was all going on. I was there with my auntie. I'm about four, right, and I was just like, this is, I can't believe this is happening, like for a start, like everything on the record is now happening. There's like an like a little orchestra mm-hmm. playing it. And then people acting out the roles of the dark and the cool. Peter. And anyway, the wolf came out and I just took off. <laughs> My auntie said I just down. like I was out. I was just like, I'm not sticking around for the wolf. Like it just terrified me. <gasps> um hectic. Anyway, that's just a cute little nerdy yeah. story about my Amazing. Childhood obsession with Fantastic. Peter. Fantastic. It's not very pop. No, no, no. It's hey, not hey, very hey. Light. Back the truck up. Pop that is culture, perfect. Is no it? one's talked about Peter and the Wolf on the on our show yet, and that's because no. I'm, I'm the same. I reckon if I heard that David Bowie recording, something would sort of get pressed in it me. Would tr- like, it would trigger. It would trigger you. Very, very evocative. The best kind of trigger. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Rock and roll music. Yeah. When's the first time you heard that on the radio or, or exposed to it, Jen Chloe? I mean, the cool thing was my mum played heaps of soul divas. So I grew up listening to like Aretha Franklin, Billie mm. Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, you know, like Ooh, yeah. heavyweights, which, which is a good thing because I think I infused that soul into my system. But my parents didn't listen to mm-hmm. to rock like they weren't like yeah listening to the rolling <laughs> stones and had all of their albums you know how you hear those cool kids whose parents listen to cool shit like my parents also for those like soul diva albums had like abba which is still very cool and peter very paul cool. and mary of course yeah. that was cool 100 percent. don't turn your nose up yeah they were absolutely. cool oh my god I thought they were daggy. Actually, both. I was listening to the new ABBA single last night in the car. <laughs> mm. I love it. I'm reminded <laughs> quite... of, okay, listen, I'm reminded it... of, of being at the Air Awards with you, Jen, and Shepard had finished playing and it was after the show. Oh, God. And, I, and I'm there nodding away and I was being way too Switzerland. I was being beige as. And I was like, look, maybe I think they're a necessary, are they a necessary, they're a necessary band. And you went. Why, Mikey? Why is Shepherd necessary? <laughs> you throw it back at me. <laughs> I remember. I remember and, uh, that Air Awards as well. You had well. a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, I forgot though. I did. I did have a fucking huge rock obsession. Yes. Kiss. Nice. The yes. Dynasty album. The one with I was made for loving you, baby. Again, though. I just loved the fact that there was a band with four clowns, True. essentially, yeah. wasn't it? It was like clowns coming out, fully glammed out. And um, and I remember when they did their, like, Kiss Unmasked album, and I was like, I do not need to <laughs> see <laughs> that. That is disgusting. Again, again an, another Jane Collar memory. Uh, the amp judging in Sydney came in. Remy had just won. Nate Knott and I had come in from the beach and were wearing shorts. And Jen goes, oh, I don't need to see your knees. <laughs> Sorry, very, very, very well. Can we just celebrate this Remy record? You're really making Jesus Christ. I got patel ashamed. I got patel ashamed. I'm so with you though, because uh, it was the God gave rock and roll to you. I think it was the Kiss song that, when they came out um, without makeup on. Oh, like, guys, yeah. sort it out, sort it out. Tell us, were you in your bedroom listening to Kiss Dynasty? Were you rocking out to it? I imagine you're a person that sang, has sung into a lot of uh, hairbrushes. I was like full on like living the rock star dream in the in the lounge room, you know, because I was an only kid, so I had mm. to like entertain myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time just leaping off the oh. sofa and, you know, using tennis rackets as guitars and imagining myself, you know, to be hugely <laughs> famous. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Adelaide kids' dream, really. The Adelaide kids' dream. Can I dream. get out of South Australia? I'll be big. <laughs> I'm going to move to Melbourne. Just have a... F- I love your silly <laughs> voice, so I don't know what that voice is, but it's great. Always oh, keep it. Man. It's 4am, so it's voice. Fritz and sauce. So it's yep. Fritz and sauce. Yep. You can't go past mm. it. Yeah. None of this... What do they call it here? Devon? Ugh. Devon. Hey, you go back to the Rundle Mall, both of us. I would if I, I would if I could, Mikey. I would if I could, okay? But I can't right now. Can't trundle to the Rundle. What's the next music that gotcha, Jen? The really big love affair. And I do think that this is low-key embarrassing. Maybe it's come back around in a way where I'm going to look cool, but the doors. Fuck yeah. 
Hell yeah. about the doors? Yeah. No, what's so uncool? it's just like, so no, what is, what is, sure. no, what's uncool about sure. the doors? I don't know. Like, is there something a bit, I don't know, like maybe just a bit sort of like Bogan Blues kind of vibe. I don't know. Which door songs? Watching the doors film changed my life. Oh, what door? Like, no, I'm, don't even what doors songs. Every Doors song. Yeah. And I know every awesome. lyric to every song. Like when it comes on the radio, I'm just like, into this house we're born, <laughs> yeah. into this world we're throwing. You know what I mean? Loved Jim Morrison yeah. so much. I had a poster of him above my bed that was like life-sized. <laughs> and it's the one where Ugh. he's like topless with the beads around his neck. And I used to go to sleep. Singing BVs to like weird scenes inside the gold mine, like gazing into Fuck Jim's yeah. eyes, and it was it was like it wasn't like a love affair because I was just gay as <laughs> when I was born. That's but it was Cassie. just like we were. He, he understood you. One. Yeah. He was my my. Guy. And to be honest, he was like he had some fantastic hair. Oh yeah. Ugh. Oh. oh. I mean, he was genuinely sexy, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Absolutely. Thank you. One hundred percent. I just needed that to hear that because <laughs> I just sometimes. The I thing about that. the Doors, the gamut. You know what I mean? There's so many different kinds of songs. Hello, I love you. Break on through to the other side. She lives on Love Street. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh my God, I, Mikey! You're yeah. a massive fan. Massive. Yeah. I every time I DJ, I slip in a Doors song. Touch Me is one of the greatest songs come to play. Come on, come on, come on, come on now. Touch, touch me, baby. Can you the build up. That, that I'm not afraid. Not afraid. Ah, what was that promise that, that you made? Oh. <laughs> and that big brass line. <laughs> do, do, yeah. do, do, do. It's so pompous and fun. Yeah. yeah. And even the build up. Dun, dun, dun. The amount of times Jim Morrison, imagine being in the, in the studio. I'm sure you've had this much where you like, hey, I'm going to go, yeah, just why not? And it's gonna it's gonna be a hook yeah, in the song. Yeah, have that moment. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So good. And what what next after the doors? What's what's a what's something maybe you went to a a live show? It could be anything. Sinead O'Connor. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I went deep into my Gaelic roots um, with Sinead. Uh, the Lion and the Cobra. I would have been about sixteen or probably about seventeen when that album came out. I just started uni. Uh, I was smoking a lot of pot because Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> there was just something really powerful about she's 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 like a badass, you know, like oh yeah, especially at that age oh. as well. That's that's a hell of a record to have when you're going through like your formative years and and figuring out who you are as an individual as well. That's it's intense yeah. to go on that journey. Yeah, mm. I mean, again, very dramatic. There is a real theme here. Um, you know, she she was she wasn't like just the side. off on the mm. side singing a pretty song. She was staunch as no. a no. Have you how many times have you uh, on national TV torn up a picture of the Pope? <laughs> just like can you count on one hand? <laughs> I interviewed Sinead O'Connor a few years ago. Yeah. And she was really? the most charismatic. Charismatic, yeah, because she came out and did this like seven songs performance. I think Dan Sultan was involved. Pretty huh. amazing. And on the phone, she was a she, Michael. I'm like, yes, she's got a very good Irish name, Michael Cahill. 
And anyway, she, oh uh, she, goes, she, goes, and she goes, she's like, she goes, um, she goes, hang on a second. And she goes, sorry, I just went to my daughter's room and she took a long time to come to the door. Her boyfriend's over. Oh my god, cute! Oh my god, I just love it when yep. you hear those like moments as an interviewer. Oh, that makes me happy. Yep. That makes me happy. Can't. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get any better. And she's still with us too because she's had some. She's had a real some rough times the last yeah. few years. I mean, and even going back, her and Prince. She she swore when she met Prince. Prince was like in a real anti swearing, full Jehovah kind of phase, and she swore a few times. And I think they nearly had a fist fight. Like it got, it got pretty heavy between the two of them. Um, yeah. But you know, I love the fact that we got that song. You know, uh, yeah. nothing compares to you. We did very well to uh, to get that song and that performance as well. Uh, keep the train rolling here, Jen. Mm. Look, I think probably, and I don't mean to diminish any of the other folks that I've spoken about, but I think like my first like adult. You know when you, like, have an adult music moment where you're like, mm-hmm. I actually have to kind of deconstruct this music a little bit to really appreciate it. It's not immediately easy on the ear or accessible. Yeah. Um, and it was PJ Harvey's Dry. Oof. I just remember being like, I'm really drawn to this, but it's also like nothing I've heard before, you know, the rawness sure. of it. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'd say, like, there's only a couple of artists who I've stayed with on that journey of like 30 odd years that she's been putting out music now um, and just really watched, you know, where she goes and, and, you know, like I think it's what's really cool about PJ is that it feels like she's constantly pushing herself out into these, you know, different directions and um, you see uh how one album had to be made in order for this next great body of work to arrive. Like you see their process Mm. and I feel like, you know, if it weren't for White Chalk, you wouldn't have got my brain today. What was the Mercury winning album that was incredible? Let England Shake. And Stories of the Sea. She's the only person to win two. Mercury Prize twice. In a 10-year gap. Yeah, her and Sampa. You know, in a 10-year gap Mm -hmm. she won the Mercury Prize twice. But I just love... I just think she is, I mean, again, very theatrical and not a fright, not a, not frightened to voice characters and go to different places. Like she can mm. go right deep down into that sort of like guttural world mm. and then she'll be singing in like this angelic sort of childlike fragile voice and, yeah, yeah I think she's mm. cool. And a great guitarist, cool. underrated. So Dry dropped in 1992. I didn't realise that. that's her debut. So how did it come into your orbit, her debut record? I would say that that one probably arrived just the year before I went to NIDA and I was hanging out with a whole bunch of Adelaide crew that were in bands, you know, or had Mm -hmm. boyfriends in bands or girlfriends in bands. I wasn't yet in a band. So they were like listening to pretty cool, like listening to the Pixies and Sonic Youth and PJ and that you know, that kind of world of, you know, really incredible, I guess, indie rock is what you'd call it. Unreal. So they, so, so now you've become an adult, okay, fully fledged. <laughs> um, and as you get older, it takes, you know, music doesn't necessarily hit different as it as it does when we're literally, our bodies are changing, having these incredible first experiences, first kiss, all that kind of mm. stuff. 
So what comes along and taps you on the shoulder and says, Jen Clover, this is the next thing you're going to be obsessed with? I think some really big sort of formative albums for me was Lucinda Williams' Car Wheels on a Gravel Road mm. and Gillian Welsh's Time the Revelator. I feel like those two records really touched in, you know, like they imprinted. Um, mm. And I feel like they they helped me make sense of songwriting, you know, and, and yeah. I don't really know. Awesome. It just went in. You know, like it sort of landed and, and maybe I could sort of hear myself a little bit sort of stylistically because I wasn't singing Big Soul and I wasn't like a big rocker or anything. And I've always been, I guess, uh, a storyteller, you know, like I'm a classic singer-songwriter in yeah. the sense that, you know, narrative is, you know, integral to the way that I approach my songwriting and still like want songs mm. that are melodically um, pleasing. But, yeah, I think yeah. that they are perhaps known best for, yeah, their craft and their lyric writing as much as their beautiful singing voices. Mm. Mm. Um, I think maybe no Lucinda Williams, no regional echo, I think maybe. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. How did Lucinda come into your, to your world exactly? I just think it was a housemate. I'd moved here to, to Nam to Melbourne. I think a housemate was listening to it and I was like, what's this? You know, like when you mm-hmm. hear something and you're like, and, and then I just became obsessed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've, you know, I probably, I haven't stayed with um, Lucinda across every record, but I have with Gillian. Mm-hmm. Gillian's the other um, artist that without fail, I will go and yeah. listen to their records because, you know, I love what I love about Gillian. Uh, and and PJ is that they they just put out a record when they want to, when it's ready, yeah. Yeah. when it's good and ready, <laughs> and and people are there for it because it's always of a of a of a standard, you know what I mean? Like it's always mm. of a standard, and they're writing for themselves. You can really tell the artists that are writing for themselves because their work gets better and better as opposed to worse. Yeah, don't you reckon? Yep, completely. Good point. And I guess in in a nice way, conversely, with the ageism thing, is the older and the more, in the, the, the further into your career you are in any kind of artist, is the more you build an audience and you, you, know, you go up up a level with, with venues, et cetera, when we can tour. So that is a cool way to look at things. Every time Gillian comes out, we'll sell a couple of palais out easy and not just Victoria, across the, <laughs> across the world, you know, wherever she's playing, people will flock to her like crazy. Um, who's the person she works with a lot, mm. Gillian Welsh and... David Rawlings. Is there someone like that in your life at the moment who is, is your muse? <sighs> My cat's snoring in the background, um, by the way. Um, it's, I've got an elderly Burmese <laughs> that's 16 <laughs> going on 17 and toothless. Wow. And she snores Oof. like a little Trojan. Well, she deserves <laughs> She's it. So She's made cute. it this far. <laughs> I love her. Um, she's a total grump. As well, she's very grumpy. Right now, I don't feel like there's any kind of guiding muse. And I I think that's sort of something Mm -hmm. that's happened to me as I've gotten older is I just cruise around and just listen to wherever the Mm. wind blows me. And Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think if there's been any records this year that I've really connected to, and I'm sure they have, but... 
But yeah, I think I've become a little bit more of a magpie, like just kind of taking a little bit from here and taking a little bit mm. from there. And if I'm really honest with you, like I love music, but it's not the only thing, you know, like it's not the only thing yeah. that I think about. I spend a lot of time reading and listening to podcasts and keeping up with mm. issues and events that I that are important to me. And I think more and more mm. my songwriting is really a space for expression rather than some kind of pursuit of an ideal mm. dream career or like that that sort of fantasy mm-hmm. that I probably yeah. lived in on my first couple of albums has really slowly shifted mm. to mm. I I just want to make music when I can, but there's a whole lot of other stuff mm. in my life, you know, like learning a new language mm. or that, mm-hmm. that gets me going. A nice moment uh, in my life where you helped music hit different for me was when I saw the Patti Smith Horses performance with you, Gareth Lydiard, Adelita, Courtney Barnett, at the Melbourne Town Hall, and I hadn't listened to that record, and of course, oh God, I've got to cover it, doing interviews about it, listened to a record, really stepped into her space, and, and Patti Smith, and the fact that I think it's her debut album as well, like just this incredible punk poet who's like, okay, I'm going to go do this now. There's definitely a parallel there with you, you know, putting out your first record at 32. Take us back to those performances uh, and that night, and because at one stage you, you scampered around the back of the stage, you sort of... Just you took it upon yourself, went full nighter. <laughs> full nighter. The nighter spider. The nighter spider did a little scamper around the back of the stage. And look, it's funny that you should mention it's funny that nighter should come up once again, considering it is literally 30 years ago in my life story. But there we go. Um, I think why I loved performing that album. So it was like you're saying, Gareth Lydiard, Adelita, Courtney, myself covering the nine songs on Horses um, with an incredible band including my drummer Jen Shalakis. And we did it, yeah, at the Melbourne Town Hall. We did two shows, um, a matinee and an evening show. We played to 4,000 people. So there was like this people were just keen and I think they were keen to see that particular group of performers covering a, an iconic record. And the reason the reason why we ended up doing that was like I went and saw just like another one of those terrible Beatles tributes <laughs> with like four <laughs> pale, boring white men just like literally destroying the Beatles' back catalogue on stage and it was just like, old people, nothing against old people, ageing in, but the audience (laughs) was great and I just thought this is stale and it made me angry and I was like, I want to do a classic album by a woman, you know, like what's a classic album? And I remember going home that night with Courtney and going, what's a classic album? And I was like, horses, we'll do horses. And then when I started to kind of look into it, I saw that it was coming up to 40 years, so we did it you know, the 40th anniversary, mm-hmm. it was all kind of like those things where it's all perfectly timed, meant to be. And when I actually got to perform um, Land, which is, you know, um, I guess sort of one of the iconic tracks on that record, it's literally a nine-minute monologue set to music. And so because of my theatre training... I was able to remember all of I was able to remember this monologue and then deliver it, you know, in a in a way that was really embodied. So it was like voice. Cool. Um and and I really enjoyed it. But cool story. Following year, Patty was out touring the album here 
Courtney was doing a couple of, I think, support slots for her at Festival Theatre, but we went and saw the Art Centre Melbourne show of horses. And then afterwards we went to have a little meet-up and I thought, well, first of all, like we're getting taken around sort of the underneath of the art centre or wherever. It was like real weird, industrial yeah. weird vibes. <clears throat> and then halfway there I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to meet Patty Smith. And like there's not many people where oh, I would man. get nervous, but it no. just like sunk in. I was like, this is like off the charts. Like this is what life. And then we got to the to the room and I was like thinking it'd be like normal backstage, you know, like 20 people, you just wave to them. Maybe they come up and go, oh, hi, how are you going? We walk in, it's just Patty. <laughs> it's just Patty sitting on a chair, wet, like cool as, like wearing a beanie and like just, you know, total, totally chilling. Like she's just done horses by herself. I was exhausted doing one of the songs off the freaking album. And she's like holding court with these, you know, two kids basically. And I remember just sitting there kind of going, oh, what do I say to Patty Smith? But I did, I, I did say to her, oh, you know, we, we covered your album last year and, you know, thank you for writing such an incredible body of work. It was such a privilege to be able to perform it. She was like, oh, yeah, I remember. People sent me some footage of that. Good work. You know, oh. I know, right? <laughs> so Wild, unreal. You're bigger than me because I probably <laughs> like my flight, fight or flight response would have kicked in and I would have been out of there. I wouldn't have been able to deal with it. I'm like, nope. Like I've, nope. I've got enough. I'm out. Nope. That's nope. very cool. Nope. 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 That's very nope. good. So, Sosa's reaction because of my internet. This is was this. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What music are you listening to at the moment? What, what's the what's the last thing you've heard which you've absolutely adored? Well, I mean, uh, probably a lot of stuff, but I've it's not yet out. But I really do love the new Han Habits record. I I really feel like they are Meg is is you know one of the very fine songwriters in that genre, going around mm-hmm. and an incredible mm-hmm. guitarist. You know, like beautifully classically trained mm-hmm. they they have something interesting to say you know like I, their worldview their insight their capacity to really go to some difficult places around identity um, as a trans person um, and yeah I, I think for me like I, another you know artist that I love growing up was Elliot Smith and I feel like like Meg's work sits very closely in that effort, mm. effortlessly melodic guitar you know music that really holds you you know you don't have to work Mm. hard but it's surprising like it's melodically beautiful but there's enough surprises in there so you don't go oh this is a bit boring that record is out I think uh, end of October and that was sort of one of the few artists that I kind of chased down to sign to milk you know yeah Sick. Yeah, cool. Yeah. A and R Clover. I love it. That's sick. <laughs> it's another hat. Yet another hat. I love it. Very cool. All right, my friends. I am getting summoned downstairs uh, for dinner. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for hanging out with us, Jen, and just being an absolute gem. More like gem, Clover. Am I right? Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Sos, for being amazing as well. Yeah, and just, thank you. Know, you. Being along for the ride as per. <laughs> no, no one knows you were up to 4 a.m. You're bringing it. As per usual, 120%. Uh, 
All right, my guys, my dudes, my ladies, I'm going to go before my internet dies again. But yeah, once again, thanks so much, Hit Different listeners. Thanks, Jen. And yeah, just keep 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 being you. Keep doing you. Thanks, Jen. So good to meet you so properly and chat. For sure. All right, bye-bye. Awesome. All right. See you, everybody. Great show, everybody. Love Great you. show. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 B